Well, look, let's, um, let's press into it a little bit. And um, don't worry if you've not finished. You can just um, wing it. What I thought we'd do is just hear from, there are five tables, but we also have Brad and Jan. If you're hearing us and want to contribute, we, are, we welcome that. Just really checking if you're still there. Anyway, <laughs> so let's start over. Yep, we're here. Ah, welcome to hear your voice. And um, so give us your acceptance description, definition. To make feel welcome. Okay. Did anyone want to add anything to that? Shout it out. Sorry, one at a time. To be a part of, to belong. Belong, yeah. Well, um, we can put that, throw that in as well. Did you, did you all come up with the opposite of acceptance? Who got that one? Rejection. Rejection would be the opposite. Sometimes when we when we see the opposite, it kind of clues us into what it really means. And uh, did anyone have a scripture? Yeah, essentially Romans, he actually says, accept one another, um, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, in Romans, and the, the way in which we welcome each other, and this need is particularly important at the point of what? Certainly when somebody, yeah, when beginning, you know, often people say when I start a new job, when I go to a new group, when I come to a new church, everyone knows one another. It's full of cliques. People aren't very welcoming. It's at that point we need to be particularly, have an eye out. Um, so we're new to something. Or when we're different from everybody else. It's very much at the point of difference that we need to experience the fact that we are still acceptable and accepted, because all of us need this. Another place when it's really important is when we mess up. It's at the point of failure, seeming failure, that we need to experience the fact that we are still welcome, we are still accepted, we are normal in that sense. And yet very often, you know, shame will come in and condemn us and make us feel like we're not welcome because we don't measure up. Hugely important at that point that we experience acceptance in an overt way. I was thinking about, I was really touched that second song we sang this morning for those of you who are here. And uh, Glorious Ruins. And it, The ruins come to life in the beauty of your name, rising up from the ashes. God, forever you reign. You know, it's, it's like um, the Valley of Acre, the place of defeat, Achan's sin. God redeems that. God transforms that. But he does it through acceptance. And we are to do that for one another. This is how we fill up the cup. <laughs> Super important. So we've got we to look beyond each other's faults 
and understand the needs that we have. We tend to focus on the faults. We can rush to judgment quickly and miss the need to give in ways that are meaningful. I've got an example. So the other day, um, Mike pulled out something from one of our kitchen cabinets and into our kitchen, we've got hard, very hard work surfaces. And it was a glass jar. It just shattered and it went absolutely everywhere and into the dining room. I don't even know how it did it. And, you know, it would have been easy to just, what on earth were you doing kind of thing? But I knew that he would be really kind of struggling with that. So. <laughs> oh, you weren't? Not that much, actually. Oh, okay. Well, not a good example. Maybe I would have been if I'd done it. Uh, see the differences. Um, but anyway, I went and got the dustpan and brush and kind of... I felt the support you gave okay, me. Okay, good. Oh, well, we've not got... Because actually support's one of our high needs. <laughs> yeah. I like it when people come alongside and get in the trenches. Yeah. Okay, well... So we'll... thank you for that one. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you another area. This is important. This is in the place of when you feel offended. To forgive is an expression of acceptance. And to withhold that gets in the way of people experiencing. Now, this isn't to say we don't overlook the fact that you know people need to come to faith, you know, face up to remember when we did a good confession. People need to work through that, but supremely people need to experience that they're not rejected because of it. If God treated any of us like that, no one's welcome, no one's here. No one's in the ark. Anyway, um, so that's acceptance versus rejection. How about back table affection? What do you come up with for affection? Indifference. Indifference. Oh, the opposite. Good. I thought that was the definition. The description of affection is indifference. No, I couldn't quite make that one out. <clears throat> um, okay. As an opposite, what about a description? So that would, yeah, that's what it might look like. That we would, uh, I know, Carol, this has always been an important need of hers. Uh, just smiling when you, when you see someone. You know, the heart of the affection message, and it's often communicated through, you know, facial expressions, through touch, uh, through words. I love you, care about you, it's so good to see you, you're a great friend. Um, but essentially what we're communicating is, I like you. I like you. Hopefully it's genuine. And so you said indifference, yeah, that would be a, a good description of the opposite, or we would sometimes say just coldness. You know, some people, it's like deadpan. It's like there's no openness. I mean, it's hard in, under COVID, isn't it? But, uh, you know, you can tell just by people's energy sometimes um, what they feel about, about your being there. Now, we can misread the signs. Any scripture to back up some of your description or actions? I love greet one another with a holy kiss. How about that? Or as John Stott likes to say, you know, we Anglicans in England, the holy handshake. That's about as close as we get, but it's an affectionate thing. You see, we're brothers and sisters with a family. I think the scripture says if there's any 
Yes, yeah, that's right. Paul was affected by the people he ministered to. He opened his heart to them. He liked them. He loved them. And uh, touch, you know, Jesus would take children in his arms and bless them. He touched them. He held them. He touched people. This is affection. This is immensely powerful and important. And as some of you will know that um, actually as human beings without affection, babies literally die. We are through, through touch and through actually a multitude of ways in which we communicate with, uh, even with our eyes and our faces. All right, good job. This table. So number three is normally appreciation. I'm just going in alphabetical sequence. Appreciation. What did you come up with for appreciation? So the opposite would be to criticize. Yeah, tell you what was wrong with what you did. There you go. Yeah. It's just quite simply, it's expressing words of thanks for what people have done. That's the important aspect of appreciation. I notice and express words of appreciation for what you did. I notice efforts made. We often teach this in the workplace, and sometimes it's like managers will literally say to me, they've not done enough or good enough, they'll stop trying. Literally, that's what people believe. And I would say to them, no, you appreciate them, they will try harder because we are wired and motivated by gratitude. And when, we're, when we are appreciated, we want to do more. It's instinctive within us. And if you withhold it, we'll actually want to do less. It's kind of fascinating. Anything else? Anybody want to add? But I, th I think appreciation is somewhat straightforward. Did he come up with a scripture? There are one or two. No. Anybody got any ideas of what, where scripturally we read that it might be a good thing to show appreciation? <laughs> be thankful. Give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the New Testament is full of these things. so much and uh, learning to receive but not just receive but be thankful for that recognize there's somebody out there who's done something that is good and we are beneficiaries of that and uh, even when we're not the beneficiaries we can still notice what people do and uh, express words of appreciation but understand that you know we identify criticism as the opposite rarely I mean, there is a place for effective critical feedback, but rarely do any of us do well or thrive on criticism. And yet very often, if you're like me, I tend to notice what was wrong and missing more than what was done and efforts made. We've got to train ourselves not to jump into that place. Those of you with children or grandchildren, hugely important. versus still got to clean your room, still got to work hard on your chores, still got to do your homework, stop messing around with your brother and sister and be nice. You know, we, we kind of critique their behavior far more. And yet for us to receive critical feedback well, even when we're old and mature, we, we need on the order of four to six positive affirmations. 
in order to receive that well and act on it. Anyway, powerful thing is appreciation. And yet, anyway, no, we get distracted from that. Talk about that a lot. It's free as well. It doesn't cost much, does it? <clears throat> um, all right, this table, approval. This is a slightly not as obvious and tricky one. You've got a strong people there. Being affirmed or given to appreciation. Right. Yep. That, that obviously disapproval is, is a straightforward uh, opposite of approval. Um, another word might be judgment, actually. Because when we speak of approval, we're, we're particularly thinking in terms of um, <clears throat> commending people for who they are. Appreciation is for what they do. Approval is more about their character, what, who they are on the inside, what you notice, qualities that you would want to affirm, and especially the value of somebody to you. The value of the relationship. These are all forms of approval. They, they all counter the message of shame that says you're no good, you're worthless. You're someone of immense worth. All people. This is a missing message in our culture, in our families, and in our churches. But it's, it's there in the gospel, powerfully so, I would say. So it's the way we do. We affirm people. We build them up for who they are. And did you come up with a scripture that uh, was an example or an injunction for this? Excuse me. Yeah. Approve him. Yeah, as a good worker. Uh huh. I I also love the Father's words to Jesus: "You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." Value in the relationship, value in the person. He hasn't done much. He's just submitted to baptism. And yet the father's delighting in him. So taking pride in that sense in a good way. You know that thing of um, <clears throat> in the Jewish pattern of um, Shabbat, entering into a Sabbath rest, and the family comes together and uh, the husband blesses the wife, prays for her, declares what she means to him, and asks for God's favor upon her. And the wife does the same for the husband. Can you imagine doing that every week of your life? What a difference that might make. And to your children. And then they pray for the children. Then they speak to the children every week. And yeah, you can do that just for the sake of doing it, but goodness me, I could have done with some of that when I was growing up, believe you me. So, immensely important, approval. All right, Taylor's attention. <laughs> well, good because he practiced all this stuff actually. Yeah. 
Right. So that is a good example. Um, spending time with people. That's one of the ways that we give attention um, through our time and interest. If that's what we're doing when we're spending time with people, we're not just kind of in the same area, but not really communicating. Did anyone add anything else to attention? Anything else you would want to add to that? Alan? Acknowledge people? Yeah. What would be the opposite of attention? Distraction. I think in the focus being attention to be distracted. To be distracted, yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, the more I'm wrapped up in my own world and my own interests and my own priorities and my own pain, less likely I am to notice, to read the signs. You know, we're all giving off signs. Some good, some not so good. Disregard. So, so disregard, another way we would say is just to neglect, to not take the trouble to open or to listen or to notice. Because at the heart of it is to enter somebody's world. And for that, I've got to leave my world in, in the sense of my internal world. And I've got to focus on somebody else's for their sake alone. Any scripture? comes to mind any that's all right don't worry just on a test i mean i'm you know in a way that you know the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood i mean god took flesh god became incarnate and he entered the world i mean talk about entering somebody else's world God has done this supremely. Um, Paul, as he reflects on the nature of the body, he says that the members of the body should have equal care for one another. That's about noticing and caring about what's going on in each other's lives. And we get into problems when that's not happening. And very often, if we would encourage people, if you've got division and conflict on the rise, wherever, in family, in, uh, in the workplace, in church, what you've got to do is increase the amount of care. Because conflict is a, is a consequence of missing care. Missing cares, missing needs, quite simply. All right. How about Brad and Jan? Do you want to talk about comfort? We didn't get that far. We didn't get that far. No worries. All right, back to table one. Comfort, what do you come up with for comfort? Sorry, say that a bit louder, Kim. To be empathetic, absolutely, yeah. It's, um, it's to enter into the painful experiences and to, to feel with and, and to um, bring reassurance. So empathy is a big one in this one. 
what would the opposite of comfort be? Neglect. Um, well, yeah, at one level, neglect probably fits all of them, doesn't it, as an opposite? Um, ignore. Pain. Pain, yeah. So remember when we talked about emotional responding, what is the temptation sometimes when somebody shares something emotional pain and we invite it to empathize, but instead, what do we do? We rationalize. Instead of responding with the heart, we respond with the head. And so when we minimize pain, we rationalize it away. Well, that, that's the other danger is, yeah, that we hear it and all of a sudden, yeah. wow, there's a chance for me to talk about my pain here. Yeah. You think that's bad? Let me tell you. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it happens all the time. Um, but that's, that's simply an expression of somebody whose cup is not full of positive emotion, but it's probably more painful. And the moment there's an opportunity to let some of that out, they're going to take it irrespective. And it's a lack of care. I mean, it's an expression of a need of care. But that's why we've got to pay attention to what's going on. We've got to have relationships where we process our pain. Talk about that. Receive comfort for that. That's what the church is meant to be about. It's our primary calling. Compassion. Any scripture? Praise be to the God of all comfort, who comforts us. And then says, comfort one another with the comfort you've received. What comforts in that, in that verse? Um, Paul in Romans, mourn with those who mourn, or weep with those who weep. So if you find yourself going to that, well, at least, you know, <laughs> or, you know those, those words, I mean, we joke about it because so often we'll do that without even thinking, well, at least it wasn't this bad. But no, <laughs> go to the comfort. Now, comfort can be more than words. I mean, sometimes words are unnecessary sometimes words get in the way because we can get again a bit heady and sometimes just being with uh feeling you know you just come alongside and sit with people one day we, we were in austin it was the prayer breakfast so it was in july time and it was early morning you know all the dignitaries of city and what have you. And it was a huge breakfast. And it was a prayer breakfast, somebody speaking. And uh, a colleague of ours is driving down to this with her husband. Her husband has a heart attack and dies. Just horrendous. I mean, awful, awful. And um, when we heard the news, we went to visit her. And you think, what do you say to somebody? I mean, she's just devastated. She's just a mess. And we probably spent half an hour just sitting there, saying nothing, weeping a bit. And, um, you know, me and my rational wordy kind of thing wants to come up with the right things all the time, but you don't have to. Your being there expresses your care. And so, do I have capacity for that? If I've got so much stuff churning within my own heart, I've got no capacity for your pain. I mean, I've got enough to deal with. But this is the nature of our God. And he's given us a comforter in the Holy Spirit. Just holding people. 
Obviously, yeah. We literally just sat in the same room. She wanted to sit in her husband's traumatized so she probably wouldn't have been able to cope with a whole lot of words anyway that people were with her we worked with this company McCoy's they're a holding builder well they're a sorry a um, building supply company and um, there's a guy there who's on their executive, but rough and ready, come out of the military, you know. I mean, just rough, rough background, horrible stories. Anyway, I can't go into all that, but just hard as anything. And where, and he's coming into this environment where we're teaching about intimacy. I mean, this is, you know, I knew him later in the story, but he would tell the story of uh, being in these meetings, being, you know, quite cynical about it all because it just doesn't relate to his story. And he's, he's sitting in a coaching session with a colleague of ours, Lewis, and he's telling something about his story. And he would tell the story. And he, he said, I saw this guy and there's tears streaming down his face. And he broke it. He never experienced it. He didn't know what to do with it. He, never, <laughs> he changed it. <laughs> he did. And uh, just the power of weeping with those who Amazing. And now he, and he became a champion for this. I mean, he really did. And he would come to most of our trainings and he would tell his story to new, new assistants who were coming through, hearing this for the first time, and they're all cynical as well. And he would tell his story of his background and how this, this changed him. And he's a Christian. He was a Christian. <laughs> but he was missing a lot. Anyway, we could spend a lot of time on that. We did spend a lot of time on that, didn't we? Remember when we did pain. Um, all right, next one, back table, encouragement, pretty straightforward. What is encouragement? To flatter, to pump up. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? Go on, my son, you can do this. I believe in you. Yay, go, go, go. When do we need encouragement the most? All the time. <laughs> well, we do, don't we? But particularly when we, we, we're kind of, we're at the end of ourselves. We feel we can't do anymore. I'm, I'm done. I've had it. I haven't got it in me. It's too big a hill, too big a challenge. When we're at the end of ourselves, we need encouragement. Because encouragement is to put courage in us to press through the fear and the, um, the limitations we put on ourselves. That's what we are together. We find courage. The opposite, sorry, can I add to that? I was just going to say, and, and at the beginning, we Yeah, hugely important. Maybe tying in with that acceptance thing that we, we notice that and we, we affirm, we build people up and we, we speak words about that really, that pumping people, that's a kind of a good description. And uh, rather than being deflated, we're inflated. <laughs> Full of the spirit. 
the opposite, pretty obvious, but could be. Well, um, it, it can be criticism, yes. I mean, obviously discouragement, um, putting people down. I think I'm, you may have heard me say about the guy I was coaching once and as he's leaving the house to go to college, first in his family, his mum just turns and says, oh, you'll be back. And you think, why would a mother say something like that? Well, it hooks into her stuff, but uh, immensely discouraging at a time when he needed somebody to believe in him. And she expressed the very opposite. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's some of that, isn't it? So how do we encourage one another? So notice it when people are feeling discouraged. Notice it when people um, maybe are holding back or avoiding or disappearing or gone quiet. Those are the times to move towards. Enter their world. You see, attention is the gateway need. Entering someone's words, help, world helps me know what's going on in this person's life more. And then I may know how to encourage. Don't presume. Invite people to share that. Um, you know, Graham Gore is a great encourager. He often tells me, Mike, I pray for you every day. And that's immensely encouraging to know that. Believe you me, I need that. We all need that, actually. Um, but the fact that he would tell me, he's not bragging, you know. He's expressing some... ...in saying that. So let's look for ways in which we can do that. Um, even, you know, taking people, treating people, noticing and, you know, give them, a, give them something you know they enjoy or take them out for a meal at a particular place they might enjoy. These are all ways we can actually pump people up in a good way. I like that. It's what God does for us. All righty. Respect. What do we got? Um, the opposite degradation. The opposite degradation. <laughs> Unpack that for us a little bit. Uh, being nasty and mean. Being nasty and mean. Yeah. 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 And, and in a way, being abusive, you know, all forms of abuse are people off with disrespecting them. So what is it? That's right. Yeah, we we ascribe worth to people, not because they don't they don't have it. We're recognizing what's already true, already true, but sometimes we lose sight of. That's kind of like approval. But also, we, um, what are some of the ways we show respect? Listening. Listening. And, and actively listening is even more respectful. In other words, I engage with what you say. I don't wait for you to stop talking so I can talk. I think about what you say and I reflect back to you, maybe the impact or my thoughts about what you say. I might even write it down. <laughs> but all of these ways we, we sure, what else? What else do we do that ministers respect? 
or worth. Like being in the moment. You use that phrase in the moment. Uh-huh. When you are totally focused on that person. Yeah. What they're saying or feeling or expressing. Right. That's right. Yeah. Kind of giving them and making them a focus uh, because you've got something to say. I want to hear. I want I want your contribution in this moment um, and expressing the worth of that. Again, when we apologize, we are showing respect. And confession, because you're one created in the image of God, and I have offended you. I have hurt you. I have hurt God. And to respect you is to apologize and take responsibility for that. Irrespective of how old you are. How many of you got apologized to as children? There's something deeply wrong with that. This is, this is how we get abused. It's a form of that. How many of you apologize to your children? <laughs> it's respect. I think when we ask people's opinions about things as well, especially if it's about something that's going to affect them, you know, we don't just drop things on people. We, uh, we include them in those decision-making processes. So, yeah. and, and valuing people's equipment and belongings, I think these are all ways of showing respect. Property. Don't take your sister's guitar without asking her and put it back where you got it from when you finished having asked her. None of which our son would do sometimes. <laughs> Teaching them the value of respect is important. But again, that's going to come out of how much respect they're receiving. Um, that's important too. Time. This is a huge thing when it comes to respect. Being prompt, being on time. This is a challenge sometimes. But to not be on time is to not respect the people. And for some of us, that's a discipline. But it comes out again. Um, My agenda and my needs and the stuff I've got to do are when I make a commitment and follow through. That touches on another need, but nevertheless, it comes out of respect. Avoid prejudice of any kind. Obviously, that's to prejudge based upon somebody's dress, skin color, social status, heritage, background. To, to, to be prejudiced is to be disrespectful. Got a lot to learn about that in, in the Western world. In fact, the whole world, let's face it. It's giving honor. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the elderly. We're kind of in that category, most of us. But you know, most cultures have always respected the elderly. They've, they've put them up on a pedestal because they've been through life, they've experienced. But wisdom, wisdom of the ages. We won't listen to that. Generally, we, you know, when we're younger, it's like we know best. We know everything. What do you know? Will's changed. Yes, and no. Nothing new under the sun. 
Anyway, so respect is huge. And actually for most people in any group of people, more than half of people, this would be a high need. We'll talk about that a little bit later. All right, two more to go and then we'll break. Security. Oh, did we have a did we have a Bible verse for that? For respect? I'm sure there is one of the notes. And I wish we could look. Yeah, that's right. Honor one another above yourselves. Proper respect to everyone. <laughs> but it's this, it's that idea of honoring. Anyway, security. Yeah, yeah. Safety, that's a biggie, isn't it? And, uh, you know, the notion of salvation is to be brought into safety. Um, it's to feel safe or feel secure. In terms of emotional need, we're particularly thinking about in, uh, relational security. In other words, uh, so trust is a big word when it comes to security. Can I trust you? Are you a safe person to be with? Can I be vulnerable with you and you will not use that against me? Security is hugely important. Um, do you follow through on your word? Wait, if you make a promise, <laughs> um, do you keep that? That fills security. Hugely important. Yeah, it would be to feel threatened. Consistency. Consistency. Those are all characteristics and, and habits that help build security. Absolutely. Because if I, if I don't know, I mean, who are you going to be today? doesn't feel very safe or secure. That's why Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever helps build security for us. We can trust him. He's faithful to his word. Um. Any, um, you see, this is where reconciliation is so important. If I, if I, if we live with un, unresolved conflict, which is unresolved pain, that affects our level of security. And this is why we're called to be peacemakers, because peacemaking builds security. Larry Crabb wrote a book. It's meant to be the church. We are meant to be the safest place. Quite often, we are the least in, 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 the, in the larger sense of what the church has been. I mean, just look at the sexual abuse scandals of the church as an institution. I mean, there's, there's no wonder people don't believe in the institution. Younger people. It wasn't a safe place. It's meant to be. Um, any scripture? Touches on this? You shall be saved. Safe place. How about security in relationships with one another? That idea of, um, you know, Depends on your hand to be to be reconciled with one another. You know, it takes two to fully reconcile, um, but we're invited to be at peace with everyone. That's the word, isn't it? 
Do all that you can, all that is within, within your power to be at peace, create a place of security. Live in harmony. Still Paul McCartney, ebony and ivory, living in perfect harmony. Sorry, just had that pop into my mind. All right, final one, support. Holding your fellow up. Yeah. Anything else? Walking with. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, bearing, bearing the burden. I love Galatians 6. Christ, which is to love one another. So love is um, bearing each other's burdens, taking the weight. That's why Jesus, you know, he rebuked the Pharisees. You do nothing to help them. You heap burdens, but you refuse to help them. God wants us to, you know, his burden is light, but it's light in the context of when we're part of a people who are pulling for one another, supporting. This is not, you know, this always comes in my top three usually number, th number three at the moment. Um, but it's very much the opposite of being self-reliant. Remember talking about that. And self-reliance is not good for us because it's pride, but support is not weakness. It is in the world's system because you prove yourself to be independent and stand on your own two feet. Need nobody. These needs exist because God created us to live in dependent relationships as a reflection of who he is, I think. And so to live independently is to plow my own furrow, which is inconsistent with that. It's not good for us. And so when we give and receive around these needs, we experience connection, which is our goal in all of this. The opposite would be... What would be the opposite of support? So when we heap burden upon others, when we add to people's load. Yeah, we'd have to unpack that a little bit. There's a lot of things coming to play with something like that. But it would certainly cause me to feel unsupported. There'd be some missing security in that. There'd probably be some missing respect in that. And, um, and, and yeah, a sense of feeling alone. Abandonment. Well, of course, um, the problem of abandonment affects all of these. How can you experience connection, which all of these facilitate, when I'm left to myself? Yeah, no good for us. I put in the notes imagine experiencing life in this way whenever you experience painful emotions hurt anger stress fear condemnation you're able to process these emotions immediately so that they do not continue to bother you your emotional cup is emptied of painful emotions on a regular basis 
and you're living in such close community with friends and family that they're continually pouring encouragement, approval, attention into your emotional cup. Is this an unreal, imaginary life, some kind of utopia, an emotional Shangri-La? No, I think this is what God intended for us, and it's what Jesus came to make possible, and it's meant to be our priority. That because of our love for God, we commit ourselves to being like this with one another, because this is how we're wired, for connection and to be need meters <laughs> and recipients of that. It's a mutual thing. This is love, I would suggest. And, and the full sort of abundant life Jesus came to give is this. And we need both. We need the freedom, but we also need the fullness that, it, that is experienced through this. All right, sorry, we've gone on a little bit longer than I anticipated there. So let's break, give you a chance to stretch your legs. And um, we'd also like you to do, and I know most of you will have done this possibly at one time or another, but it bears repetition. We've got the needs assessment for you. Because an important thing with this is to realize that though all of these are important needs that we, we bear because we're human, <clears throat> And when we experience this, there's a positive impact, both in terms of when we give to others and receive from others. Some of these, because of our stories, are more significant. You know, you've heard me say, well, that's, that's my highest. That's my number one. Because partly how I'm wired and my journey has meant when somebody does that, the impact is far greater than when they do that. Though both are significant, one will be much more. And the, the opposite of that is true, is that on my higher needs, when I experience the opposite, the impact of that is greater also. And the same is true of you. So a good journey to be on is knowing which are your more important needs. This is a, you know, you could guess that, and probably somebody who lives with you would be able to notice, because your actions and words would, would betray these things in a good way. But this little assessment can help pinpoint some of that. I get you to reflect around actions and behaviors that represent these needs and how important those are to you. And so for people in your life who are significant, getting to know their most important needs and committing as they like to receive is a good thing. Of course, these are all the one and of the New Testament. These are all biblical injunctions and expressions of what it means to be human. All right, so um, let's start back in um, about 7.30. So we've got 15 minutes, take a break, grab a glass of water, stretch your legs, go to the restroom.